At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Chief Executive Officer, Financial Advisor, Justin Klein. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, March 8th, 2023 edition, and we are speeding fast through the first quarter, and there's a lot of a lot of shifting winds in the market, uh, and it seems like the Fed also feels shifting winds or uh, is creating these winds, however you want to look at it, uh, with their rhetoric around inflation. Uh, and, and that brings a challenging time to kind of handicap what they're going to do, how that impacts the economy as a whole. Uh, and that's, that's always interesting, uh, but it's not as important as focusing on making good sound decisions consistently. You never know what the next uh, Fed meeting will bring or the next economic release will bring, but you can make smart decisions with your money consistently and put the odds in your favor. A lot of people will look at investing or the markets. They think it's uh, gambling, but in reality, uh, smart, prudent investors, they're the house, right? They, they are the ones consistently making money not every day right no uh no casino makes money every single day uh, every single uh, hand but they know over time uh the odds are there in their favor and that's what this is about that's what the investing game is about it's about putting the odds in your favor so i'm justin klein i'm here on today's radio show and program to help you make the most of your capital your portfolio strategies and once again helping you make those consistent smart decisions now I look forward to doing this Invest Talk podcast and answering your finance and investment questions and giving you my straight and unbiased answers. No hidden agenda. I'm not trying to push any, anything. I'm just trying to give you the, the pros and cons, right? the risk versus reward of everything that you're looking at. And sometimes that comes out where the odds looks to be in your favor, and sometimes it doesn't. But it's a multi-factor type of decision-making process, decision tree, it's not one factor, right? It's not just bu- buying low PE stocks or high dividend stocks. It, it's that's not what successful investing is about. Successful investing is about buying sound companies or sound assets. Let's just say that at reasonable prices. And so, you know, this is a new world. We've talked about that uh, many times before. That this is economy. This is a market that is very different than just. A handful of years ago and so serious investors have to be prepared and that's why you are here so i'm ready to take your calls at 888-99 chart you can call live during our 24 hours a day seven days a week or you can call our live show four to five specific time each and every weekday now i have a lot of material to cover for you today one is in regards to can we expect a rough road ahead for the undervalued stock market and i know might sound weird and 
Uh, sentiment is still pretty poor overall. I, I still get that sense when I talk to listeners and current clients and, and such. But the reality is the stock market is a, a bit undervalued. Now, some sectors more than others. And we're going to dig into that. And what parts of the market style factors, uh, all of that. Uh, and this is going based on Morningstar's uh, valuations, which they're pretty good. So we're going to look at that. Also, I want to touch on what's going on with the housing market. It had perked up near the end of last year, and now it's kind of thawing again for a few reasons. And we're going to look at that. Also, cuts at Amazon, other tech companies, that feels like a recession. Sounds like a recession, but is it really? Does it really mean there's a recession coming? We'll talk about that. And then lastly, the Senate just voted 50 to 46 to reverse ESG rules for retirement funds. So I think that's going to be an, an interesting kind of battle back and forth that will have an impact on many retirement accounts like 401ks, as well as the market as a whole. So that's what we're going to dig into today. Those are things that are on my mind, but ultimately your voice is most important. And we're going to get some voice bank questions. One is on stock buybacks and the other is on Primoris Services, P-R-I-M. And I also have an iTunes review question to handle as well. So we have this all planned for this episode of Invest Talk. And of course, most importantly, we're taking your live calls at 888-99-CHART. Let's take a look at the market today. We rallied really into the close to close modestly up, but most of the day it was fairly weak. Uh, Jerome Powell continued on with a testimony on Capitol Hill and really echoed the same message as yesterday. So that didn't really change a whole lot. Uh, what's interesting over the past couple of days is that r short-term rates have gone up, but the long-term rates have really not done a whole lot. So all that means is the yield curve has steepened even more. And that's kind of the market's message that yeah, you can tighten more. You can go 50, which now there's about an 80% chance of 50 basis point hike later this month, which to me seems unnecessary. But that seems to be the message they are giving the markets. Uh, but the market message is, once again, great. You can raise rates 50 basis points versus 25. But the trajectory is that there will be a cut either later this year or early uh, next year. Uh, and whether that's 50 now or 25, uh, it's still going to be a similar path uh, going out months. Um, so that, that, that was an interesting, uh, interesting tell from markets. Uh, volatility hasn't really picked up. So it, it's hard for downside in the market uh, to, to really build on itself without volatility perking up. In fact, the VIX was down 48 points or point, point 0.48 points. Uh, today to 19 spot 11 near the lowest levels in the past, you know, beginning of last year. So you also see yield spreads on things like corporate bonds. That's not really widening out down the last couple of days, but, um, or excuse me, up the last couple of days, but not, no breakout uh, in sight. So it's kind of a choppy market. That's kind of what we're dealing with and still a lot of up in the air when it comes to you know, how the economy will evolve and how monetary policy will evolve as well. Now let's head over to our first listener call. Alberto in San Jose wants to talk about IVOG. Yes, hello, Justin. Thank you for taking my call. I love your show. Um, I've held this 
uh, ETF for about a year, almost two years, and it's gone up and down. Should I uh, continue to hold it or just take my money out and buy something else? Well, if you... I've been listening for any length of time. You know that growth is is really not the place to be. Now, growth has had a little bit of a boost over the past couple months, a little rally as it's been, uh, even though it's been in a downtrend compared to the value side of the market for the better part of two years now. Uh, So this is a good opportunity for you to sell out of this fund, which is the Vanguard S&P mid-cap 400 growth ETF. Uh, Now, I like it better than large-cap growth, but still, I would rather be on the value side of the market. So uh, this is definitely a name that you'd want to trim or eliminate uh, to move more onto the value side. So uh, definitely a sell in my mind. Thanks for the call. Thank you. No problem. Now we're moving into a break, but it won't last long. On the other side, I'll take your calls live on our anytime listener line at 888 chart Get ready for a new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar, Value Investing, Positioning Your Portfolio for Profitability, Relative Price, and Dividend Payments. The Wealth Webinar will be a crash course on how to structure your value portfolios, providing real examples with assessment tools that KPP Financial uses every day to grow clients' wealth. The webinar will be anchored by KPP Financial CEO and InvestTalk host, Justin Klein, and by KPP Financial Portfolio Manager, Luke Guerrero. Mark your calendar for Wednesday, March 22nd from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific Time. You are invited to a new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar. Be sure to tell your friends and family members it's free and you can register now at investtalk.com. The stock market is constantly changing. And now with more than 50 million downloads, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley reaffirm their commitment to providing unbiased finance and investment guidance here on InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Now, the markets had a rough 2022 and started off the year this year uh, pretty on a pretty good footing. We had a nice rally through the month of January into, into mid-February. But we've had a bit of a pullback uh, here so far this year. And overall, the market sits modestly undervalued. And this is according to, to Morningstar. And Morningstar, we like Morningstar. It's a, it's a good research outfit, uh, especially when you're looking at valuations. Um, you know, analysts, they're using usually less sophisticated methods uh, for target prices. Um, Morningstar doesn't have any conflicts, right? Because they uh, don't potentially have any banking interests, for example, uh, with the, these companies. So how it comes out, they're pretty agnostic uh, on, on that front. So that's why I think uh, they're always one of the best research outfits to kind of follow, uh, especially on the market as a whole. And what they're looking at are 700 plus different stocks that they cover, all trading on US exchanges, and they see the broad market da- uh, undervalued by about 
They see small caps the most undervalued by about 25%. Mid caps undervalued by 11%. Large caps, a similar amount. Their most undervalued part of the market, which definitely agree with, would be small cap value. They see it as a 40% discount. That, that's no, no other part of the slice of the market is even close. The next cheapest would be mid cap value at 19% discount. Now, when it comes to sectors as a whole, areas like basic or uh, consumer defensive, they see that as fairly valued, and I agree. The defensive sectors, more broadly, are pretty much fair value. And they're not great sectors to invest in in an inflationary environment. And a lot of them are bond proxies. So when you look at what's happening in the bond market, you would expect them to fall more than they have. And they just haven't because people are still you know, piling into minimum volatility ETFs and chasing yield. But ultimately, eventually, the market's going to wake up to, hey, you can get 4 or 5% in treasuries. Why am I buying a utility yielding a 4 or 5% that has some level of risk there? So it's definitely the most over part, overvalued part of the market. In their mind, communication services is actually the most undervalued, which I thought was interesting. But it's kind of an, uh, what's interesting about communication services, it's an amalgamation of a lot of different types of businesses. Right? You think of energy, you think of oil and natural gas, oil and natural gas service companies. They're all fairly similar. In the communi communications world, you have companies like Meta and Google lumped in with Discovery, Disney, Verizon, and AT&T. So you can't really paint that whole sector with one broad brush. They see real estate at trading about a 15% discount. And they see a lot of undervalued stocks. Now, this is where I probably disagree with them the most, is they see areas like Retail REITs undervalued because of a return to in-person shopping. And while I think there might be some near-term boost there, I just don't buy the long-term trajectory that that's a, a great place to invest, just like office REITs. Just because of the structure of our, our economy, I still think online shopping, although there's some reversion to the longer-term trend, the longer-term trend is still away from in-person shopping and into onto online. Now, they also upgraded their economic outlook of GDP from 1% to 1.4% for this year. They see the economic slowdown moving to the third and fourth quarter versus the second and third quarter. And they see inflation continue to moderate to about 3.1% from 2.8% at the beginning of the year. So they're seeing inflation a little bit higher than they did before. Um, so I thought that was a, a pretty good overview there uh, of, of the market. I agree with some things and others I don't. And that's why you, you can't take any of these research outfits for uh, as gospel. Nothing's gospel. We're not gospel. You have to do your own research and find different inputs to make your decision. Now we're going into a quick break. My phone lines are open. So give Invest Talk a call at 888-99-CHART. Chart. 
One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. So as long as your questions involve the stock market or general investment topics and definitions, we set no limits. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Justin and I are ready. Are you? Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888-99-CHART. Hi there, guys. Hey, I had a question about Umqua and Columbia merger. Just wondering what you thought about Columbia as a new company or a new stock holding. And then I had another question kind of about uh, what Justin was talking about yesterday about the stock buybacks. Is it, do companies own, can they own their own shares of stock? And then, because I was under the impression that stock buybacks were like removing the total number of shares out there, which made the, each share more valuable. So I just wonder if I could get clarification on that, but really appreciate the program. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah, but I'll tackle the, the last part first. And the answer is yes, you can. The companies, that's what stock buybacks are. They buy their own shares uh, in, the, in the open market. And when you're reporting things like earnings per share, the number of shares that you're dividing the earnings by goes down, and that actually creates, looks at least the perception of, uh, of earnings growth. Uh, and sometimes that's a good use of capital for companies, and companies do that consistently over time. Others also do that at bad times when times are good and the stock's really expensive. We see that happen a lot. So it's really, timing is certainly important and what value they're, they're, they're paying for it, uh, but they once again, they, they can buy back their shares uh, whenever they want. It's the opposite of issuing shares, right? When company issues more shares, it's diluting shareholders. And it's making each share less valuable because there's more shares outstanding. And the vice versa, when you buy back shares, it makes each individual share a little bit more valuable because it's uh, one of a, a smaller amount. Uh, so it makes them less uh, or more rare. Uh, so... That's how stock buybacks uh, particularly work. Now, when it comes to COLB, Columbia Banking Systems, this is a pretty small cap bank here, about $2.1 billion market cap. It does look like they just bought, what's the name of this? Um, Umqua? Umqua Holdings, uh, another smaller bank, combined company with more than $50 billion in assets, around $45 billion in loans, and $37 billion in Sorry, $45 billion in deposits, $37 billion in loans. Is this a good company? Well, the technicals are definitely poor. Relative strength is sitting at 23. Definitely not exciting. 4.4% yield, but what's what's the market telling you? That's, that's my worry here is the technicals are really poor and the economic data or the, uh, the fundamental data actually looks pretty solid. But... To me, this market or the the trend in the stock is telling me there's something with their with their loan book. Are they too tied to commercial real estate, for example? What is what does their loan loss reserves look like? What's the makeup of the total loans? I'd really have to dig into that uh, to give you a good sense. But when the technicals look this poor, especially in re- relation to the banking industry as a whole. I wouldn't buy it, right? It's underperforming uh, the sector as a whole. And so I'm going to pass. Thanks for the call. 
Now, when people take the time to, to leave an Invest Talk review on iTunes, we like to thank them for the courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. The Puma 51 says, I have practically no real estate exposure. I was looking at ticker IYR, EWRE. Which one do you like for a buy and hold strategy? And which one seems like the best long-term option? I don't own a home yet, but plan on buying a property in New Hampshire area, hopefully in mid-2024. I'm pretty young and have a high risk tolerance than most people I know due to my age and living situation. Okay. So looking at two fairly broad-based ETFs here, IYR is one of the largest real estate ETFs out there. That's the iShares US real estate ETF. And this is an amalgamation of a bunch of different REITs. And EWRE is the S&P 500 equal weight real estate ETF. So I typically like the equal weights more than, say, the the market cap weighted indices, right? The S&P is market cap weighted, for example, long-term equal weight tends to win out because you have uh, more weighting towards the smaller names and smaller names over the longer term, maybe have more volatility, but they have better returns. So equal weights tend to be uh, much better. The IYR, that one at 10% is in Prologis, one of the largest REITs out there. Uh, whereas if you go to the Invesco one, the equal weight, its top holding is Welltower and it's only 3.7% of the whole fund. So it's more spread out. It looks like there's, let's see, 36% of the assets are in the top 10 holdings versus IYR is 45%. So you're a little more concentrated and top heavy on that side. Uh, let me look at the fee level here because that's certainly going to be important as well. Let's pull this up. 40 basis points on the equal weight and 39 basis points on the uh, iShares. So pretty much the same in my book. Yeah, I mean, these are decent ex ways to get exposure to the REIT space. If I'm going to pick one, I'm definitely going to pick the equal weight. And that is the EWRE. Now, on the next, next Invest Talk, we will look into this story. Tips on how to make your investing goals realistic. Combining two procedures, experts in the field have developed a four-step strategy to help increase goal commitment and performance. It's important to make actual plans to reach your goals. That's tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-SHARK. Justin Klein is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Jordan in Dana Point looking at Toro, TTC. Hey, Justin, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate all your insight. No problem. Um, so, yeah, I own Toro, um, TTC. I've had it for a while. I've uh, made some gains on it. I'm a really big fan of the product. I'm in the golf industry, so I know a little bit about it. Um, mm. However, they're having a really hard time getting their product to the customer, and they're losing a lot of business to other companies. And I'm just wondering if now's a good time to get out while I'm up. Well, this is Toro Company. We actually own this for clients and have for some time. And the main reason is because this is just a very, very well-run company. Bottom line. Their return on equity right now is 36%. Their average over the last five years is right around 36%. And even if you go further back, it was closer to the mid-40s. Okay, And it's not because they have a ton of leverage in the balance sheet, actually. They have very minimal debt 
on their balance sheet. The return on assets is uh, about 13%. So this is a very well-run business. They take their cash and they pay a dividend. It's not a giant dividend. This is one of those ones where you fo- if you focus on the dividend, you're not going to buy it. If you think that's the, the, the reason to own a business is the dividend, this is not an exciting one, 1.2%. But what they do with their cash flow is they buy back shares. 10 years ago, they had 115 million shares outstanding. Now they have 104. Not a huge difference, but they're consistently buying back shares. And then they're paying a good dividend. They're just a very good business. It's been consolidating. It has been kind of choppy over the past, call it three, four months. But to me, this is this is what we call bullish consolidation. You have a move higher and you have choppy period before the next resumption of that, that upside. And I don't see what you're talking about as a reason to sell it. In fact, I actually see there's a reason to buy it because they still have demand. It's not like they're losing demand. Yeah, they might be losing out a few orders here and there short term, but longer term, it's not like there's another company that's coming in and beating out their product. Like you said, you like their products and people aren't shifting because they like other products better. Soon as Toro can supply them, they'll probably be buying from them again. So I see that actually as a reason to buy it. Uh, and analysts continue to upgrade earnings expectations for this year and next year, $4.90 for this year, $5.52 for next year. So uh, I, I would hold it. Okay. Thanks for the call. Now let's touch a bit on the housing market. And we had a bit of a a thawing in late 2022 as uh, interest rates pulled back from a high of 7%, mortgage rates from 7% in November to about 6% in early February. So between that time, the housing market improved a little. Not amazing. But it was enough to lure some buyers back because everything's relative, right? I know everyone's used to three or four percent mortgage rates. Six still feels pretty high, but that's 100 basis points less than you were getting in November. And then you have home builders enticing buyers with concessions. They've been buying down rates, and that's uh, been a way for them to still keep things moving. Right? Being able to promise, hey, 5%, I'm going to give you 5% on your mortgage when you're only getting six or 7% out there elsewhere. And then prices came down as well from last spring. So all those factors allowed the housing market to have a little boost over a few month period. But now mortgage rates are moving back up 6.65 on average, fourth straight week increase uh, as of March 2nd, the highest level since early November. Mortgage applications from home buyers slid during the week of February 24th to the lowest level in 28 years on a seasonally adjusted basis. Now, spring is typically the most important selling season. 40% of existing home sales occur during the March to June period because most families want to move before the next school year. And But home sales are starting to grind to, grind to a halt uh, once again. The number of existing home sales plunged 36.9% from January 2022 to January of this year. And listings aren't really increasing. Total inventory for sale is up from a year ago, but new listings in the four weeks ending February 26 fell 20% year over year. 
So a lot of people remain rate locked and they're not not pushing their their home out for sale. The only reason they're really selling is, you know, major life changes, maybe a relocation of job, which, you know, in today's world is not as common because a lot of jobs are remote. And then you have obviously divorces and uh, maybe boomers retire, uh, dying, uh, et cetera, right? Older people dying. And th those are, those are reasons, but those are still pretty slow. And prices are falling in some markets, but home buyers or, or uh, sellers, they can still sell their home for a profit, but they also don't want to cash in their 3% mortgage for a 6% mortgage. And that's really going to continue to hold the market back from really being a terrible housing market. It's going to be a slow grind lower. And you continue to see that this ebb and flow with, with mortgage rates, that's going to have a large impact on profitability or not profitability, affordability, excuse me. And that view of everything being relative. If you go to eight over the next six months on mortgage rates, and then they fall back to seven, that's going to feel good for a lot of people. And as you know, the housing market is pretty emotional. So that's that's where we're at. Definitely a cooling, but not a crash. Not a crash. Right. Now, you probably noticed that Steve and I have, uh, are excited for the 50 million podcast downloads that we've had for uh, the, since 08. We've been doing this since 08. We've been in the, the radio show. Invest Talk has been going since the 90s. But we've been actually taking it as a, as a show and wrapping it up as a podcast since 2008, so 15 years, uh, but most of our, a lot of our downloads are relatively recent. And to celebrate, KPP Financial is giving away 50 free subscriptions to our KPP Premium Newsletter. It comes out every Saturday morning. And it's our 50 for 50 million thank you to help us, for helping us succeed or exceed 50 million downloads. If you'd like the chance to win, a free newsletter subscription. Just follow Invest Talk on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Then be sure to like and tag three friends on our 50 for 50 million posts. It's that easy. We'll be picking 10 winners each week for the next four weeks. We picked 10 last week. We're going to pick another 10 tomorrow. So if you want to get in, you want to uh, go do that tonight. So follow Invest Talk, tell your friends. And the prize, once again, is a one year free subscription to the KP Premium Newsletter, which brings you financial news, commentary, stock ideas, et cetera, for myself and Steve. And it's usually $199 a year, and you might get it for free. Once again, just go follow Invest Talk on social platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, and tag three friends. Let's keep things moving and pivot back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from New York. Hi, Dunk from New York. First off, I would like to thank the caller from last week who asked about brokerage CDs. I was actually able to find one on Fidelity that was offering a 4.65 yield compared to my savings rate on Capital One, which was only 3.5%. So thank you, Invest Talk, for having uh, or allowing us to figure out these uh, answers. So anyways, with that being said, I am currently in a situation where I'm starting to shift my capital towards fixed income, savings account, and very less risky assets. I actually moved some money to the Fidelity SPACs that gets a higher yield. So thank you, Invest Talk, for letting me look into that as well. I am about to pay off a condo in July, and I actually have some stocks I would like to sell and kind of give me more cash for my down payment. But my two-part question is, one... 
I have stocks in all sectors right now to obviously diversify. Which sectors in the next three months should I consider to, to trim besides tech? And two, can you look into Playboy specifically, P-L-B-Y? I am at a 90% loss. It's only about 0.7% of my holdings. And my investment thesis was kind of like yours. They had a new management. Uh, and what I personally believe, there's about to be a recession. And I believe this specific company would actually thrive in it. And because, well, we're humans. But this company really hasn't given me much return. Should I look to sell this in the near future? Or should I hold and look to trim on other stocks in other sectors? I can definitely hold the stock long term. But just seeing your thoughts, and I appreciate all of your guidance. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Well, to answer your first part of your question, if you just go to what we discussed before, the sectors that are going to struggle in an inflationary environment that uh, tend to be more like bond proxies, that's where you want to trim first. And that would be the defensive sectors, right? Your consumer staples, consumer defensives, as well as healthcare and utilities. So those are the the first three right off uh, the bat. Um, And then Probably from there, consumer cyclicals, that's one where if the economy continues to slow, those companies are going to continue to struggle. So I think that's a, those are good places to, to think about uh, trimming. Now, when it comes to Playboy, you're right. Uh, it's, it's struggled. Uh, it's really managed the top line pretty well. You know, they continue to grow and, and grow their, their different initiatives, but they haven't been able to keep control of costs. Now, the last earnings report, they talked a lot about uh, that's what they're focused on now. And they went a little bit. They made some progress there. Not nearly enough for the market, clearly enough. Uh, but you have earnings announcement coming up on March 16th. So uh, we'll see what that looks like and whether or not they follow through with uh, on, the, on the rhetoric, which is cutting costs. And so a lot, of, a lot to be determined after that earnings call. Thanks for the call. Now, Steve and I have been telling you for a while that we're in a new market regime. Cycles are a natural part of almost everything in life, and we're entering this new cycle, right? The cycle of low interest rates, financial repression, that's somewhat behind us, right? Globalization, a lot of that's reversing, and that's natural. It's part of the human cycle, bull and bear markets and everything in between. So serious investors need to adjust strategy to thinking to fit their times, and that's why Scheduling a free portfolio review assessment with myself or Steve is something that uh, makes a lot of sense for, for people to make sure they're on track to, uh, to reach their goals, uh, make sure that their strategy fits their risk tolerance levels so that when the, you have bouts of volatility, you're not freaking out, you're not, you're not selling at the bottom, right? You're not, you're not having emotions that, uh, that guide your decision. You have good sound, a good sound process, a good song, sound strategy. Uh, so that you can ultimately reach your goals. So reach out to us via investtalk.com. Schedule a free portfolio review assessment with myself. Uh, We can go over where you're at, where you're headed, uh, and provide unbiased guidance. And we do this uh, free of cost. So head over to investtalk.com. And the sooner we get in touch, the sooner we can help you get your portfolio optimized. Now, next up, another listener question here on Invest Talk. So hang on. Thank you, and I hope to be the 50 millionth download of your incredible show. It is official. As of February 21st, an exciting new InvestTalk milestone was achieved. The InvestTalk podcast exceeded 
50 million downloads. How do you guys determine a value stock? 50 million. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. Hey guys, this is Josh from South Carolina. I'm a longtime listener. 24 7, rain or shine, on tough market days or during brighter moments. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to answer your questions. Our now preferred share is kind of a hybrid asset. It's part of the capital structure. You want to buy this what's on sale, and when it gets on sale, it's about $16 a share. $50 million. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. I was hoping you guys could give your opinion on Primoris. Services Corporation. The ticker is PRIM. I've been looking at it now. I think it looks good, but looking to see if you guys can uh, give your own opinion and I'll listen on the podcast. Um, if you guys do think it looks good, if uh, now's a good time to buy or if I should wait for a pullback. Thanks again. And we'll listen on the show. All right. This is Primoris Services. It's a smaller cap name, about a $1.5 billion market cap. Revenues and earnings are, are growing pretty rapidly. 50% last quarter on sales, 48% on earnings. About a 1% dividend, so not exciting from that uh, standpoint, but it's a, it's a very good company. What they do is they're a specially contracted infrastructure company in, here in the U.S. They have three segments. One is in regards to installation and maintenance of new and existing natural gas distribution systems, electric utility distribution and transmission systems, and communication systems. So they help basically procure... procure and uh, execute on a lot of infrastructure projects. And I think that's a good place to be, especially uh, in an environment where the government likes to spend uh, and they're going to spend to boost the economy. Our infrastructure is older and it needs to be uh, updated in in many, many ways. Uh, So construction on things like uh, highways and bridges and and, uh, energy infrastructure, I I think there's going to be some secular tailwind there. So I, I like this. Yields about the dip, the debt is a little bit high for my liking, but to me it's fine uh, overall. The return equity is about thirteen percent. Longer term, it's around the long term average, which is good. It's not amazing, but it's pretty good. Uh, the chart, the technicals look fine. It is uh, obviously a bit overvalued after this recent surge from last week, but it's been consolidating it. So uh, I, I still I think technicals are fine. Uh, it's Obviously not as nicely valued as it was when it was trading around 17 back in October. Now it's at 27. Uh, but uh, I, I like the name. I like what you're looking at. I like a, this would be considered a small cap value. And based on $3 of earnings next year, trading at you know a nine forward multiple, uh, I, I like it. I give it a thumbs up. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. And a reminder, we have a special event coming up Wednesday, March 22nd, only two weeks away. It's going to be at 2 p.m. And we're going to be preparing a new wealth webinar. It's called Value Investing, Positioning Your Portfolio on Profitability, Relative Price, and Dividend Payments. So mark your calendar. Coming up March 22nd at 2 p.m. Give me a call now at 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 
Hi, Steve or Justin. I was hoping you guys could give your opinion on Primor. Let's, let's go to Greg in Seattle looking at HSII, Hedrick, and Struggles. Yep. Okay. Interesting one. I haven't heard this one. $665 million market cap, so definitely a small cap name. What's, uh, what's catching your eye? You know, I just don't have any exposure to that sector, and I figure at this time with the economy, they've been consistently strong even through tough times. And, uh, you know, with the executive search piece and all the layoffs going on right now, I'm looking over the nine, next 9 to 12 months. I think if it's a low-cost speculation, which is 100% what it is, uh, I think it just could be intriguing, and they've impressed me with their numbers. Okay, well, this is a leadership advisory firm providing executive search and consulting services to businesses, world, and world leaders worldwide. I don't love it, uh, right? Because the jobs market is ebbing, and and so and if you look at the history of this name, it's kind of all over the place, right? They made a dollar one in two thousand sixteen, made a dollar. 52 in 2018, 250, sorry, 252 in 2018, 259 in 2019, then a dollar 77 in 2020, which is expected. Uh, but this year, earnings are supposed to fall 26% from last year. And revenues are down 17% year over year, earnings down 24%. So I just don't love it. I don't love the longer term uh, profitability picture. Uh, it's just kind of Chop sideways, uh, right? It's longer term uh, average. Uh, return equity is around 10%. Not exciting. Uh, and it ebbs from negative to positive. So there's a reason I think it's cheap. And yeah, just not a name that, that I would uh, be buying. Okay, hey, thank you. No problem. Now lastly, let's touch on the Jaws market. <laughs> Good segue into it. And Amazon recently, remember that Amazon had that big competition to where the next headquarters are going to be. It was going to be in New York and then I think Virginia and they pulled out of New York because of political problems. Well, they halted construction on their new headquarters, which is interesting. And there's a lot of high profile tech layoffs, but the big question is, will the damage spread and create a full blown recession? And if you look back in history, that's really what is needed is that it needs to pull down other uh, industries, many other industries, not just a couple in order to, creates an actual recession. And if you look uh, at things like uh, the 2000 tech bus, there were a lot of layoffs, but it didn't really spread too dramatically. It's why you had a pretty mild recession overall. Now, profits uh, in tech companies in the S&P 500 in the fourth quarter were down 8.4% year over year. That's the worst performance since 2009. So you can see why a lot of them are laying off workers. That's a good kind of microcosm to what happens is when there are there is an earnings recession that feeds into the overall jobs market. Now, you clearly see weakness in tech. You see weakness in the residential space. Residential, residential construction has dropped for seven straight quarters. And uh, But if you look at it, over the six months through January, payrolls in 72% of industries tracked by the Labor of Bureau of Statistics expanded. Now, it's down from a high level of 90 in March, but still above the three-year average of 62% of sectors growing their, 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 their jobs numbers. The last four recessions, by contrast, contracting industries exceeded expanding industries by a ratio of 10 to 1. So it has to get pretty bad for there to be an actual recession. Now, in 07, you had 
obviously the, the mortgage defaults and that spread across the banking and lending industry, uh, but they stopped lending across the economy and that expanded to all different types of sectors. Uh, and then by contrast, you have like 2015 when you had all the frackers going bust. Remember when uh, oil prices were very low and there were bankruptcies across the space. It affected that sector as a whole. There were about uh, 50,000 layoffs uh, over that uh, in that uh, particular part of the economy, but it didn't spread. Uh, but when you're looking at the current picture, the future profit picture looks the most dire for the economy because out of the 11 sectors, nine out of the 10 are expected to have earnings declines in uh, in the next uh, year. Only energy and industrials are expected to grow. And so when you have that kind of widespread profit recession, that's when it could, could potentially spread. And I think that would be the trigger to see how do how does earnings come in over the next quarter or two? And is it the majority of sectors that are seeing profit recession or is it just a handful? So uh, we'll be on the lookout for that. Well, I think that all does it. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads which you can find anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And remember, you might win a free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. We're giving away 10 each week for the next four weeks. All you have to do is like and tag three friends on our 50 for 50 million post. Independent thinking, shared success. This is InvestTalk. Good night. InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, It's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.